Hey everyone, and welcome to Mind Body Green's beauty podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's beauty director, Alexandra Engler. So, fun fact Mind Body Green actually started out as a yoga blog. Obviously, we cover a lot more now, but yoga is still such a core part of our ethos. And today, we are taking yoga to the face. Face yoga is a skincare modality that uses the core teachings of yoga and applies them to the facial area. For example, yoga is about the alignment of your body to make sure everything is balanced. When you're balanced, your body can function better. Face yoga believes the same thing. You can improve your skin quality and facial structure by addressing imbalances. And like yoga, it uses muscle exercises, poses, and posture to work on the facial muscles and symmetry. And also like yoga, it is a practice that does address your physical body, but it ultimately has many benefits, including for your own mental health. To explain face yoga more, I invited Fumiko Takatsu to help us explain this. She is the founder of the Face Yoga Method and has been a source for MBG previously, not to mention she has been featured in publications all around the globe. So let's get into it. Welcome. Thank you so much, Alex. I can't wait for today's conversation. I know you have been a source for some stories that we've done at Mind Buddy Green, and I have been a fan of yours for, for quite some time. I think your approach to facial skincare is so deeply fascinating and resonates so well with so many of our ethos. So I think this is going to be a fascinating, fascinating conversation. But before we get into some of the fun skincare rituals and the the topic of today's discussion, I want our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. I would love to hear your story. How did you get interested in beauty and skincare? All right. So let's start. Well, I really had a back acne when I was 13. And it started from my forehead and it spread to my cheeks and entire face. And of course, I was a teenager and I was very embarrassed. And at the time, there's no internet and there's no way I could get information easily. So I asked my mother what to do. And she said, just wash your face. That's all she did. And I washed my face so many times and sometimes three, four times a day with soap. And that made my face so oily and dry, like oily outside and very dried inside. And I was very self-conscious. I wanted to do something and I started losing my confidence. And I finally asked my mom or begged my mom to take me to a dermatologist. And I got the medication and my skin got healed. But that three years, two and a half or three years, I struggled so much that I decided that I need to do something to feel more confident. And it took me so long, but that was the beginning of my skincare and a beauty journey. So I also grew up with acne and I do feel like people who have acne when they're young, Mm -hmm. it does affect you for the rest of your life. Do you agree with that? I do agree. And I had a lots of lots of what do you call that? The acne scars, even when I was late teens and I started wearing makeup and I thought, I don't know about you, Alex, but when I started making, you know, putting a makeup, I felt like, wow, this is it. So I started putting more makeup and concealers and more and more and it got thicker and thicker thicker and I still remember when I went to high school a friend of mine's mom 
saw me and she told me in front of me, said, oh, you're cute, but you have bad skin. And I got so embarrassed. I couldn't tell you how much I got embarrassment, but I really felt like I can't show my face, almost like a naked, very embarrassing. And yes, like you said, it lasted for longest time. So there are many studies that have shown that acne does affect your self-confidence and mental health. For example, it is even linked to higher rates of depression and anxiety. But one study went as far as showing that those who had acne when they were younger said it had profound effects on them their entire lives. In fact, the participants said that having severe acne permanently changed their personalities. Even in my 30s, and I can't help myself that I wish there's something I could done, I could do differently back then so that I had more confidence in my 20s and 30s. I, I feel that very hard. I know exactly what you were <laughs> feeling at that age because I felt yeah. that too. So, you know, later in the episode, we are going to be talking about your face yoga practice and get into all of it and talk about the concept of it. But, you know, I want to get a little bit more background on how this kind of came to be. To start, you know, was was practicing yoga always a part of your wellness routine? What, what drew you to yoga in general? Yes. Thank you for asking me. This is a very interesting question, too, because I started practicing yoga when I was 10. So I'm 53, so almost 43 years ago. That's a long time ago. And I had a neighbor um, who had a teenager daughter, and I got the Japanese version of Seventeen magazine. And inside of the magazine, I saw the booklet about yoga. And I never heard about yoga. There was nobody practicing yoga, but the topic of yoga was make your body beautiful. Like, oh, I want to make my body beautiful. Even I was 10, I didn't understand much of it. But I started practicing yoga every night and then saw the interesting fact that when I was very happy, when I was content, when I was very um, satisfied that day, I was able to do lots of balancing poses. But when I was stressed out or angry or something happened at school, I couldn't do the pose, the balancing pose. So I was wondering what was happening, the mind-body concept. I didn't understand at the time, but I got so into the practice of yoga. I practiced almost every night, Alex. And then I had to hide my book, Pillow, so that my mom didn't see it. I feel like that's a young age to start a yoga practice. Well, I mean, I guess at least by uh -huh. U.S. standards. Yeah. Did you know anybody that was doing it at that no. age or was it just kind of your thing? That was just my thing. And that's why I had to hide the booklet because I sure. felt like I was doing something not appropriate because the booklet says to make your body beautiful, right? And I was over sure. 10. So I didn't want to tell my mom and I, I wanted to do something because like I said, I was so fascinated, the mind, mind and the body connection. And I couldn't even tell my friends because I thought it was a little strange or even weird to tell my friends about yoga because I never heard about the yoga word yoga didn't even exist in the dictionary, my friend's dictionary or my dictionary. So yeah, it was some little pressure to not telling or sharing other people. I'm just doing it for myself. Yeah. 
I I love that, that it started from such an early age. You just, you know, really understood that it was going to clearly be a big part of your life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're, you developed um, your own facial yoga practice. And I want to know, what's the story behind that? Was there, was it a journey? Was there a moment that you decided you wanted to take yoga to the face? You know, I'm just so curious because it's such a beautiful concept and I I would just love to hear more about how, how it got started. Okay. Well, thanks for asking this one too, because this is something like I was so embarrassed at first because when I got in a car accident back in 2003, it's almost 17 years ago, I was in a passenger seat and I was teaching at one of the oldest women's university at the time. My job was pretty good, well-paid and four-month paid vacation. So life was very good. But when I got in a car accident, I was in a passenger seat and a car hit us from the side. So I was T-boned and the car spin almost three and a half times. And Everything was a slow motion. Everything I could even think about, oh, what should I tell my parents about this car accident? How much I have to pay or insurance and everything because everything was slow motion. And when the car stopped it, I couldn't breathe. So I went to ER by ambulance right away. And I was told in ambulance that I could have been dead right there on the spot. But I was still shocked stage that I couldn't even process So I was like, okay, well, I'm so lucky I'm still alive. But then the trauma of the car accident made my face and the body out of alignment. And I started getting lots of headache. My face became asymmetrical. I couldn't smile the way I wanted to smile. And the people stare at my mouth, almost like, ugh, what she's trying to do? Because it was very asymmetrical. And um, that was one thing. But another thing is mid 30 I started seeing a sign of premature aging and I wanted to do something. I felt like everything would just go downhill. So I started buying expensive creams and I started getting facials. And I felt almost like I was giving up my my power and I had to have somebody to do something for me. I didn't like the feeling. And one day I was about to go to yoga class and I saw my face. And body, my body was pretty fit because I've been practicing yoga and other form of exercises, but my face was so asymmetrical and so droopy and the skin was dull. But then I saw the definition of muscle on my face. Like, wait a minute, I have a muscle, my face and a body, and I've been trying to exercise my muscle and the body. Why not doing the same thing on my face? So that was a moment I felt like, oh, I can be in charge of my face and then get a confidence back. So that's a story over 17 years ago. Wow. To to bring up one of the points that you made that I just so agree with is taking back the power of your own mm-hmm. skincare. I think you're absolutely right that in the skincare industry especially so many women feel that they that they don't have control over over their own skin and don't necessarily they're not necessarily empowered mm-hmm. to realize that the quality and and the feel of their skin is truly in their hands that's something that you know that clearly connected with you 
So I'm I'm curious a little bit more about that. Was that just because you know you had such confidence over your body that it felt it only felt natural to feel that same ownership over your skin? Is there have you ever thought about that? I'm so curious. Yeah, it took me a long time though to understand a full you know connection to be more controlled by my life and the face. But at first, I just wanted to do something. And like you said, you know, beauty industry just shows us all the new things like, oh, here, buy this cream, buy device. And I have so many, I have to confess, I bought so many expensive products and devices and hoping that, oh, this is going to be the one. I'm going to look better. I'm going to look great again. But it wasn't true. Every time I spent money, mid-30s, I feel like, okay, do I have to keep doing the rest of my life? Do I have to pay to get a facial, which I like it, but, you know, it's not cheap. And I started feeling less, less powerful. And I think that's when I thought, I can't do this anymore. Got to do something. And then when I started exercising my face, people started noticing, not just the face, but they're like, what are you doing? You look different. Did you... Do you have a new boyfriend or do you change something? What, what's the secret? And when my mother asked me if I got some injection, that was when wow. I thought like, okay, I'm onto something because coming from my own mother, that's a lot. It's a compliment. So I told my mom, okay, nope, I'm moving a face muscle. But she wasn't happy. My dad wasn't happy either for me to do this face yoga business in Japan because I was teaching at the very prestigious women's university and they didn't understand why I'm making funny faces for TV shows and magazine interviews because so many times people laugh at me saying like, oh, look at the funny face person. And even one of my best friends asked me if I lost my pride because I was making funny faces. So I felt so lonely, but I felt something like, you know, I wanted to keep trying and see how it feels because I was feeling better by knowing that I can do something. Did it make sense? It does. It does. That is such a fascinating story and journey to, to your practice. And I, you know, you obviously have these, these facial poses and these facial practices and uh-huh. exercises that you that you do which hopefully we'll learn some in a second but I'm curious how long did it take to develop those moves and poses was it was it a slow process trying to figure out you know mm-hmm. oh if I move this eyebrow or if I yes. you know move my mouth in this way yes what was that like it was very slow at the beginning because I, I have a cultural anthropology uh, master's degree, so I understand the different language affect the different part of the muscle. When I speak English versus Japanese, which is my native tongue, I don't use much muscle when I speak Japanese versus when I speak English, I have to use more muscles and I have to activate different type of muscles. So I have to start thinking about, okay, which muscle am I using right now when I speak English? Which muscle is affecting me when I smile. And until I get to the point that like, okay, this is how everything is connected. It was so long, long process and a very lonely journey because people didn't believe me. People, like I said, laugh at me for the longest time. But once I understand the connection, 
And once I understand the body-mind connection and the posture and the fascia connective tissue, it speeded up for sure. But it took me over 17 years and then I'm still learning and editing more information and new poses. So let's say at the beginning was a hard and now it's still hard, but more, much faster speed to um, put all that information together and create more new poses. I have over 120 poses now and every part of the face, I can give some information to tone and uh, bring the best you know, shape you're looking for. I want to quickly ask about symmetry though, because you know you brought it up when you talked about y- your own personal journey um, mm-hmm. and specifically with the car crash. And I think, you know, in the beauty industry, symmetry comes up quite a bit. We know from research that we are drawn to more symmetrical faces mm-hmm. or, or whatever. And, you know, so I want to I want to ask, what is it about symmetry that that we're all after? Do you have an answer for that? Yes. So let's start with the body first. You know, we often say body is symmetrical and the face is symmetrical, but it's not 100% symmetrical because heart is on one side, left side, and then liver is on the right side. So we are not 100% symmetrical. But when we have a symmetry in a body, of course, it affects the you know, head. It's, it's a basic foundation of the face and the body. And when we have a good symmetry, that means that your body is functioning for the best. Let's say the car, when the car is out of alignment, you know, one tire has a flat tire, for example, you can't drive your car beautifully. You have to kind of compensate and you have to get the air and you have to kind of tune entire car. But when you have a symmetry, you can use your body in a best way, in a beautiful way, and you don't need to stress or you don't need to compensate other part of the body. And when you are moving your body easily, smoothly, symmetrically, it affects entire face too because everything is connected. There's a tissue, connective tissue, fascia, connect our head to toe. And when there's a symmetry in some part, let's say shoulder, that tighten the neck. And when you have a tight neck, it affects the lower part of the face. And when you have a tight neck, it affects the temple area. And then that affects the eye area because the connected tissue fascia pulls everything. It's like a web, in a spider web. And when you have a symmetry in the body, when you have a symmetry on your face, it just, everything is so smoothly moves and easily moves. And there's no stress any part of the face and the body. And then when you have a stress, it affects, especially in the forehead area. And when you feel stressed out and when you have asymmetry on some part of the body, yes, you can show symmetry on the forehead too, and a mouth area too, and an eye area too. Did it make sense? It did. So in regards to aging, mm-hmm. I know that studies show that we become more asymmetrical as we age. Why is that? Because posture changes when you age, you started losing a muscle, right? So jawbone started changes because of osteoporosis. 
And when the jaw bones start changing, it affects the face. And when we change the posture because we lose the muscle, the core muscle, the shoulders started coming up in a forward. And then you try to compensate or you try to balance your body by putting your chin forward. And then when you put your chin forward, you started getting double chin. So everything is a balance and a compensation. And that's why I think it's so important for us to do the body exercise, even when we get older, because when you have a good posture, it affects your face, it affects your mood, and it affects everything. And then posture starts from the bottom of the foot. So I would say my students always, you have to check your posture. You have to check how your alignment of the toe and the heels, because that's built up all the way up to the head. And that's how it shows on your face. So that's why I think we need to really do exercise. And I think that's why I love yoga so much because every day when I exercise yoga, I can feel my alignment. I can feel my fascia sometimes gets tighter one side. And I have a passionate conversation with my body when I practice yoga. Not in a, you know, actual conversation, but connection with my body. So yoga does actually affect skin quality indirectly and in some very interesting ways. While more research is certainly needed, a 2016 paper explored the connection. In it, the author suggested that there is an interesting correlation between insulin regulation and glucose control that can be translated to improvement in the skin and maybe even the reversal of the effects on the AGE protein accumulation in the body tissue. Additionally, since yoga has beneficial effects on mood and the parasympathetic nervous system, you may see changes in the hormones in your body. For example, it can regulate cortisol levels. And we know that cortisol leads to breakdown of collagen and elastin and cause inflammation in the skin. Additionally, yoga often helps with sleep. And when we sleep, our skin actually goes through its most important regenerative process, meaning your skin has a better chance and odds of healing itself. I, you know, you mentioned stress and a lot of people do hold stress in their forehead, for example. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to dive in a little bit more about the topic of stress and mm-hmm. how it plays a role in, in, in facial aging and also just how we carry our bodies because stress has such an impact on all of this, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stress, I often say that stress shows on the shoulder. And when your shoulders are tight, it shows on your forehead between eyebrows. So when people have a stress, you know, shows very easily as 11 lines, but also our organ, one of the organs, liver is, as I call that in Eastern medicine, it's a, it shows a stress. When you're stressed out, your liver gets tight. And that can be because of the sugar you take, or it can be the thoughts you have. It could be any environmental influences, but also, you know, drug or alcohol. But when the liver tight and stressed out, it shows as 11 line. So when I see my students, you know, have 11 line, they come to face yoga because they wanted to get rid of 11 line. They don't even think about the connection between emotions or stress. But I often ask them, are you stressed out? And I ask them to touch the liver. Do you feel tight? The liver side, you know, liver. And when they feel tight, liver, okay, are you having lots of negative thoughts, anger, 
or taking lots of sugar, or you're drinking alcohol, or you're taking drugs, or all that. So I like to approach people, not just exercise itself, but a big picture and see that lifestyle and then see the thoughts they have and then approach to that actual concern they have on the face. So stress is really, really things that we need to pay more attention to if you want to look good, if you want to feel good. Yeah. That makes me want to ask a follow-up. How often do you meet someone and they have a an aesthetic concern, whether it is the 11s, like you said, or maybe somewhere else on their face. And and then as you begin to talk to them, you realize that it's actually, you know, this this emotional issue. Does that mm-hmm. happen a lot? It happens a lot. Yes, very, very, very often. And interestingly, everything is energy, right? I often tell my students to everything is energy. And sometimes I even feel that person is so stressed out driving the freeway. I can feel like, oh, the person is so stressed out, the way he or she drives. And then when I look at my mirror, like, oh yeah, sure, she or he has 11 line. And then the posture he or she has in driving a car, shoulder forward, and then a tightness on the shoulder. And then I can see that connection. And I wanted to just say, oh, stop that shoulder tightness. Oh, stop that frowning. Oh, just take a deep breath. And that can just solve all the things you are having. But of course, I don't say that because, you know, I'm driving a car too. What are some mental health practices that you recommend that people do when they are stressed? Do you have anything that you tell people to do, you know, in the moment? Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I'm sure people often hear this, but meditation is really good. And I used to do guided meditation, but I started doing more meditation, focusing on my breath. and. Usually in the morning when I'm still half awake and half asleep, I just sit in dark and then breathe in and out from my nose and I focus on the breath. And when I do that, even five minutes before I get out of bed, it centers me so much more. And when I feel more centered, I feel so much calmer. And then when I get out of bed, I'm a better person to my husband, to my daughter, even to my dog. And then that's how I start my day. So that's something I often tell people. But also, I think it's so important for us, just go out and get nature, even five, 10 minutes a day. And before sun comes out, I get up early too. But if you don't want to go outside during the daytime, you can even go before 8 a.m. And then you feel the energy from the earth. And then you can feel the sun shine on your forehead that set also your rhythm and natural rhythm you have a circadian rhythm and when you have that natural rhythm you feel so much more connected to the earth mother earth but also yourself and i think you can make more right decisions for yourself throughout the day and another thing is yeah you don't need to get bothered by external things more because you feel so centered I love that. I mean, I love the idea of following the circadian rhythm connects you to the earth and in a meaningful way. I think so often I I personally get the advice, you know, you should, you know, you should follow the sunrise and sunset for your circadian right. rhythm. <laughs> but I've never made the connection that it, it really does connect you 
with with your surrounding planet because you're literally following the sun and the moon. I think that's really profound. Yeah. Uh, when did you make that realization? How did you make that realization? Yeah, that one, you know, when I was living in Tokyo, I was a night person. So I used to stay up until 2 a.m. And no problem, you know, when dinner. But when I started having a little menopausal symptoms, I'm 53. So I went through that. I could not sleep at night. And that was the hardest thing because laying in bed, ready to fall asleep, I couldn't. So I tried so many different things. And one thing I learned from one of my mentors was that just sync with natural rhythm, circadian rhythm. So go to bed early, get up early, and then feel the sun when sun comes up, and then drink water, hot water, and then just, just live in that rhythm. So when I started doing that amazingly, I was able to sleep easily and I could stay in bed and I just easily started waking up when the sun started coming out. So I was just blown away by the fact that we were so, I was so ignoring the power of earth. And I thought like, okay, I can do whatever I want. Yes, I can. But when I live in nature with um, sync in circadian rhythm, so much easier. Everything is so much easier. So that's how it started. So it's a kind of recently, maybe several years ago. I'm going to use that as my own inspiration. <laughs> I am a night person mm-hmm. and I'm for the past several months, I have been trying really, really hard to change that. I want to become a morning person and I'm, I'm much better at it now than I was when I first started. Uh-huh. But I think that's a nice little philosophy to live by in order to get me out of bed in the morning. So thank you. We obviously want to talk about the practice of face yoga itself and some of the moves and poses that people at home can check out. So why don't we start off with, you know, how does face yoga What's the mechanics behind it? Obviously, you are working with the muscles. Is that mm-hmm. kind of the, the is that an accurate read of the basis? It face yoga works by working the muscles. Yes, working the muscle. That's a very simple explanation. But now, after seventeen years, um, I started with the posture because posture, body posture, is a foundation. So you have to have a good posture, and then after the posture, I tell people. Okay, the breathing is also second thing because without breath, we wouldn't be here. We need to have a really good connection with ourselves. So breathe in and out from our nose and center ourselves and feel the core of the body so that when we do the posture or face yoga method of poses, it's so easy for us to move our body and the face evenly and you can get more benefit. And your brain senses that when you are in balance, it feels good. Because the body doesn't try to compensate or trying to adjust something. And then another thing is when you practice face yoga, I started telling people too, we have to adjust the balance in the body. And then think about this. The face has a muscle, but under the skin is the fat. And then under the fat is a muscle. And then under that is a bone. The face part is the scalp. But 
that's how I want to visualize so that you don't just pull the skin because I've seen so many people doing wrong, just pulling the skin and then moving the skin instead of touching organ, which is a muscle. Did it, did it make sense? It did. Yes. Okay. So that's kind of the, the basis that people should know before going into it. And I want to ask you about a few different areas uh-huh. so people can maybe have some tidbits to, to practice at home. And obviously, if anybody is intrigued by this, we will, we will direct them to your program at, at the end of the episode so they can learn more. But why don't we start with four headlines. Are, are there anything, are there any moves, are there any poses that you recommend somebody do if, if that's their concern? Okay. Yes. So how about I show you the pose called the instant pick me up because we talk about the mental effect on our body. And I think this is a really good one too. And it's a fun exercise. Me for a while to combine this, but I like to say affirmation. So let's do three sets and see how you feel. So when you do this pose, like I said earlier, I want you to feel like you're not just pulling the skin, but you're moving the muscles. And also when I say affirmation, please feel free to change the way you want to say, but also just think about in your heart so that your body started feeling it. And when you feel it, it really starts showing on your face too. So with that, let's do the instant pick me up. And this really lift up the forehead area. And then when you lift up the forehead area, it's also affect the eye area too. And you want to put the thumbs on top of the head, both thumbs. And shoulders relaxed. And four fingers on your forehead. And when you put your four fingers, make sure your shoulders are relaxed. And breathe in and out from your nose. And open your chest and push your shoulder blades down. And relax your shoulders and relax the rest of your face. And breathe out through your nose. And while breathing in through your nose, keep your thumbs secured on your scalp. And then move your fingers toward your hairline and lift up your forehead. And remember, you're not just lifting the skin. You're lifting the muscles. Keep your posture nice and tall. And slowly move your chin up. And place both palms on your head. Breathe in and breathe out through your nose and slide your palms down along both sides of your head and the side of your neck and the front of your neck to your chest, toward your armpits and the side of your body. And breathe out. Let's do second set and I want to add some affirmations. So thumbs on top of your head, shoulders down, chest open, push your shoulder blades down and move your fingers up, up, up and move your forehead up and chin slightly up. Breathe in and breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. When you cannot breathe in anymore, place your palms side of your face and side of your neck and then say in your heart aloud, I love myself. I love my life. 
I am perfect. So the last one, thumbs on top of your head and rest of the fingers in the slight hollows of your eyebrows, the forehead. Open your chest, push down your shoulder blades down and relax your shoulders and breathe in from your nose and keep your thumbs secured on your scalp and move your fingers toward your hairline and lift up your forehead. Slowly move your chin up and then place both palms on your head and then breathe out. And while you're breathing out, slide your palms down along both side of your head, side of your neck, and then side of your chest and say it loud on your heart, I'm perfect. My life is perfect. Everything is perfect in my life. Close your eyes and breathe in and out from your nose. And then feel the sensation you just created. How do you feel? How's your forehead? Do you feel uh, your forehead is lifted? How was it? I feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my, I, my face feels better, but honestly, I've had a long day. I think I just needed that for myself. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. So it's called an instant pick-me-up. So instantly you can change your mood. But, you know, we change the posture by really opening up the chest. And it's so difficult for the body and the brain to understand when you have a round shoulder and they say, I'm happy. No, you want to open your chest. And when you say, I'm happy, you really feel that. And then same thing, it's almost difficult to feel depressed when your chest open and heart open and forehead up and chin up and I say, I'm depressed. It's very difficult because brain does not recognize the body posture and what you're thinking. That's why it's so important to have a good body posture, chest open, heart open, and symmetry so that your brain feels like, okay, I'm so relaxed. I'm ready to say affirmation. I'm ready to do more things. You know, positive thoughts comes to you easily. So that's uh, instant pick-me-up. The other thing that people often ask me for is relieving jaw tension. I get questions about this all the time. So many people on our staff even will come to me and say, you know, what, out of all of your facial massage sources, uh -huh. You know, please give me some tips on how to relieve jaw tension. Do you have any practices for that yes. area? Yes, I have a, a very good one. It's called the jaw release. So it's exactly what it says and release the tension. And like I said, you know, shoulder tightness and jaw so related. So I want to really think about the posture too. But this one relaxes the jaw and as a result, you might start feeling a little sleepy, which is great because your body is getting really relaxed. So let's do this together. Place your palms on your face line with your thumbs along your jaw. And then you can actually do using elbows on the table. So you can rest your elbows on a table or desk or chest to stabilize your hands. And chest open, heart open, make sure you're Posture is good. Relax your forehead. And keep your jaw in your palms. And then breathe in from your nose. And while 
slowly opening your upper jaw, taking five seconds. So imagine you're like a crocodile. So you're opening your jaw, upper jaw, open, 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 taking five seconds. And hold this position for five seconds. And hold your breath. One, two, three, four, five, and come out from the pose slowly by lowering your upper jaw, taking five seconds. And repeat two more sets. Did I make sense? Should I, should I do it? Is it good? Yeah, do it one more time for, yeah. for so we can all uh, okay. get some practice in. Okay, good. Okay. So jaw release relaxes your jaw. So place your palms on your face line with your thumbs along your jaw. And you can rest your elbows on a table or desk or chest to stabilize your hands. So you don't want to move your jaw. Okay. And make sure your posture is nice. Sit nice and tall. Chest open, heart open, and relax your forehead, which is very important. Now, breathe in from the nose while slowly opening your upper jaw, taking five seconds. So your lower jaw is stabilized, just upper. One, two, imagine your crocodile. Three, four, five, and hold this for five seconds. Your crocodile holding this for five seconds. One, two, three, four, five, and come out from the pose very slowly by lowering your jaw, taking five seconds. How is that? That does really relax you. <laughs> Good. I'm going to use that when I need to chill out between meetings. <laughs> yes. And that, you know, you can do in the desk and you don't need to move anything. Just open the upper jaw and take slowly. I think slowly is a key. We often just try to do things very quickly. But when you do slowly and combine with a very slow, very. Okay, sorry. Combine with very slow breathing. It relaxes our nervous system and also you bring your focus to yourself, to your body. I think that's when the uh, relaxation happens and we often forget about even breathing out when we get busy. So we actually just launched our 2022 wellness trends and one of them that we feature is, and one of them we feature Fumiko as a source. I'll link the article in the show notes, but I just want to point out here that is one I am very proud of. It is all about how body work is a new frontier of facial skincare. In it, we talk about facial alignment and posture and holding trauma in the muscles. The article itself dives into many aspects of body work from lip massage to acupuncture to fascia work and more. And I talked to several sources about how all of these can affect our face and skin. So it's definitely an interesting article to complement this episode. If you find all of this stuff interesting, I highly recommend going and checking it out. So the last few things I want to ask you about mm-hmm. are your skincare and your wellness routines. So why don't we start with your skincare routine? Do you have a, you know, a, a daily practice? whether it be a morning and a night ritual, do you, mm-hmm. do you have things that you stick to? Yes, I do. Well, the first thing I do is it's called 100 times face flush. 
means you splash your face with water hundred times. And don't ask me why people say, well, they have to do hundred times. The answer is yes. If you do only 30 times, you can't get the benefit from this um, practice. But what you do is 80 times, about 80 times lukewarm water, never use hot water to wash your face, even though it feels so good. And I know Many people just shower and then they use the same temperature you use for your body to rinse your face, but that's too hot. Your skin gets dry. So 80 times lukewarm water, a brush, and then 20 times cold water. And my facial practitioners, when they do this, they can see instant change in the skin complexion and then pores look smaller, but also you get the glow, nice glow and uh, really cleanse your face. And I really started doing this maybe a decade ago. And I started getting com compliments from people in my 40s. I never had a compliments on my skin until I hit mid-40s. But that's one thing I do. I never skip. And I do this morning and nighttime. And then after that, I use, I have a, skincare line, a face yoga method, skincare line. So I do the spray toner, balancing spray toner. I used to skip toner. I didn't even understand why I have to use toner, but I learned it. Uh, toner really makes your skin pH balance the perfect so that whatever I put after that, the skin get the most benefit. So I use the spray toner and then I moisturize my skin uh, using Lift Auction Moisturizing Cream, and a Vitamin C. All of them are my skincare line. And then onto your wellness routine, you are obviously somebody who does yoga, but do you have any other wellness practices that you, that you must do in order, to, in order to, you know, feel your best? Yes. The first thing, I can't skip this. It's a meditation because if I don't meditate, even five minutes, my brain goes all over. So I start my day with a meditation and I try to go outside before eight o'clock at least 20 minutes so that I can sync myself with circadian rhythm. And then I do yoga or cardio or weight training. Try to do five times a week at least so that I, of course, tone my body, but also I feel good when I exercise my body. And then another thing is maybe because my Japanese culture, I like to soak in a tub. Not every day. I don't have a time every day, but I try to spend the time in a tub and a read. And especially if I do that, I use candle lights so that artificial lights do not affect my, my brain. That means I can sleep better at night and I can get, early, get up early in the morning. So that's my wellness routine. And I wear even glasses, blocks the blue lights so that I wear the first thing in the morning. I don't check my cell phone right away. And before I go to bed, I try not to check my phone. Or if I have to check my phone or computer, I wear that glasses so that it blocks the blue lights so that I can sleep better. Well, I think that's all great advice. This whole episode is filled with incredible advice and also your incredible journey. So thank you so much for joining us today. And before we sign off, do you want to tell our listeners where they can go learn more about face yoga and, you know, learn some additional moves? 
Okay, yes. Well, thank you, Alex. But if you want to learn more about it, we have a website, faceyogamethod.com. And there's so many contents, uh, free videos, but also blogs. And I talk a lot of things about the connection between body, mind, and uh, how I do my skincare routine and the wellness tips because I cannot help myself to share what I've learned last 17 years, or I should say, since I got the acne issue in my 13 years old, that's the best place. And I have a skincare line. You can go shop faceyogamethod.com and everything is handpicked. And also I just added it, a new collagen powder, which took me almost over two years. And that is a new product we added it to the shop and I've been taking every day and I can see and feel the changes my skin but also my fingernails and my hair so you can go oh, check it out well exciting yeah. thank you so much again for joining us I so appreciate you taking the time thank you Alex it was so nice meeting you and sharing that information Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming by and listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast in general, don't forget to rate and review us and I will see you next week.